We deny that civil governments have lawful jurisdiction or authority to remove anyone's right to pursue their livelihood and conduct their affairs in public. A lot of people would disagree with what I just said. That's article number 19 from the Warrington Declaration on Medical Mandates, Biblical Ethics, and Authority. This is episode number four on this subject matter. The goal is to try to get these squeezed into five. We'll see if we can uh, finish this up with next week's episode. Well, if we're quick about it this week and quick about it next week, we will. Otherwise, we might have to do a sixth show at some point. We'll have to see. Anyway, I'm Troy Skinner. This is The Faith of Faith. Thanks for spending part of your Sunday morning with us again. And if you're listening on podcast, thank you for spending part of whatever day of the week it happens to be. Daniel Rasby on the panel. He was feisty last week. We agreed with like the first 18 articles uh, pretty much just right across the board. And then we got the article uh, 18 and uh, the wheels came off. Daniel said, no, they're wrong. I can prove it. Listen to me. And we did like almost the whole show on that one. And then uh, David Forsey. You telling me to shut up now? No, no, no. And then David Forsey was like, well, I just think the whole article was too long, so I don't like it. And that's pretty much all he had to contribute to that argue, to argument that last week. David. So uh, I, I was I, I was contrarian with David, but by the end of that long conversation, I kind of ended up being swung around. I'm to David's point. The article's too long, therefore I disagree with it. Actually, I think it should have been like two different articles because they first made the point that it was not biological at all, and then they made a second point that the ceremonial law is defunct now. Which I think are two different points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 like somebody took a nap. Like I said, Thomas Jefferson left the room, and somebody, uh, John Adams, walked in and started writing or something. I don't know what happened. Uh, so, so this what, next what? one I think we're going to like a lot because it's short. Mm-hmm. The one I just read I still at the start. Disagree with it. Oh, really? Yes. You deny that civil governments have lawful jurisdiction to remove anyone's rights to pursue their livelihood or and conduct their affairs in public. I, w- I would say. So I, last I week you ended by saying, "Look, right. I think the COVID mandates were totally like." illegitimate mm-hmm. and yet you're disagreeing say, with their think, arguments that are saying they were illegitimate. On, <laughs> that, that's, that's I, think, I think it depends on what their livelihood yes. and the affairs that they want I mean, to conduct are. <laughs> I think the civil government has lawful jurisdiction to prevent prostitutes from pursuing their livelihood in public uh, or anywhere. Um, right? So there clearly are certain livelihoods that the government can restrict and also conducting their affairs in public. Yes, I think if you are selling your wares outside Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, the government can prohibit you from doing so, right? So there's clear biblical precedent for I that. wonder if I've picked up on a trend here. So the first part of this declaration, the first half, section one on authority, we were singing their praises, how strong, clear and definite the language was like this is really well written and now i'm noticing that we're in section number two the section on uh, application of medical mandates that we haven't been all that thrilled with how they've formulated and structured the arguments the words aren't precise it feels a little bit i wonder if different people wrote the sections like if they had primary writers it must be and whoever wrote the first section was like drinking lots of coffee and was nailing it and the other guy was recovering from a hangover, and uh, this is what we got. I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna all end up agreeing with their ultimate conclusion here, uh, probably, um, which is really talked against the this whole pandemic response stuff that we had. But number twenty ties right into nineteen. It's basically the same kind of thing. We deny that civil governments have lawful authority to enact lockdowns predicated on protecting public health, as this is not their jurisdiction. And I would say, yes, I agree with that, except in the case of a symptomatic individual who could be contagious to others I think you lock them down that's that's what the Leviticus passages are talking about and possibly somebody who has come into contact with somebody like that and so again 
the, 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 I think the point they're trying to make, I'm trying to read their mind, based on what we know about this declaration, I think it's a fair assumption, is they're talking about they have no lawful authority to enact mass lockdowns yes. on people yeah. that should be presumed to be healthy. Like there's no reason to assume that they're like there's you're just locking everybody down no matter what willy nilly. Like if they had added the words uh, lawful authority to enact mass lockdowns. I mean, quarantine used to mean a different thing before COVID. Quarantine used to mean you've been exposed to a deadly disease. It's obvious you've been exposed. We know for a fact. So we're going to watch you make sure you don't get sick. And if you don't, then you're fine, right? But you only, not everybody else in your town. Yeah. And I'm going to, just as a point of personal clarification, uh, I'm, not, I'm not meaning to nitpick, but quarantine still means that post-COVID. It's just that the rest of the world is using the word wrong. <laughs> well, at a certain point, They're the word the gets word used wrong, wrong like the, often like, enough. Like, that like the, the shots they call really vaccines. Right, we're gonna. If, if we don't get flagged on social media for this, we're ne- we we probably never will on this show. <laughs> uh, but it used to be a vaccine was an inoculation to keep you from getting and spreading the disease. That was the idea. Now, now it's said, a therapeutic. They said and they call it, it, it a, might, a, Yeah, they the, said uh, the COVID vaccine is designed to limit how much symptoms you have after yeah, getting the disease. Yeah, it's a therapeutic for the symptoms. So basically, an a- by that definition, taking an aspirin for a headache is a vaccine. Like they've so, so no, vaccine was, means what vaccine always meant. It's just that now the so-called, so-called elites, the, uh, the power brokers, they're misusing the word and redefining it illegitimately. They don't have the authority. They're outside their jurisdiction. This is unbiblical. Mm. <laughs> no, they so don't have the authority with, to define terms. No. <laughs> again, so again, I, I disagree with the precise nature, imprecise nature of the language. We agree with what they mean here, which is the mass lockdowns of people that are not necessarily obviously exposed to certain diseases. That's not the jurisdiction. But I think targeted quarantines of specific people who have been exposed is a legitimate thing and I think is backed up by scripture. Yeah, and I had to think about the you're talking about leprosy, which came up last week, right? Or any, I think that applies to any contagious disease. But yeah, but I'm using that as like a a strong any contagious disease. Yeah, I I mean, it's just uh, we growing up, right? If if you have the flu, you're not going to come over to somebody's house. You're like, I don't want to make you sick. I have the flu, right? So that's something that you do, and you're quarantining yourself. But if it's you know, I I think I think it's reasonable to, to have those practices. I, I think any contagious disease is, is just far too broad. So so one of the things I was thinking about with the the leprosy, right, is it's unrecoverable. Uh, it's you can't recover from it, it. It's it's unrecoverable, right? According to hmm. you know, except except by divine intervention, right? You know, as far as Israel was concerned, uh, it is. It's you know, I mean, you go to the priest so that there sort of is like an objective person that everybody agrees okay they they decide or they 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 look at it they're also practiced at looking at it to see if it is or isn't uh, but they could anybody could tell yes this is what it is right this is the type of thing it is um, right that's true so I, that makes sense um, there definitely seems to be something about leprosy like that's impossible to recover nobody recovers from it right. like rabies Right, so that's another example, right? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I got bitten by a stray cat, and the the animal control came and captured the cat, and they watched it for a week because they said, look, if it gets rabies within a week, then you we know that you've been exposed to rabies and you should get the rabies shot. Um, right. But if it doesn't get rabies within a week, then you haven't been exposed. So they quarantined the cat. 
but that's an example of a unrecoverable disease. If I got rabies, I was going to die, right? There's yeah. no, there's no undoing that. And so uh, maybe that's a better analogy. So that, 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 that sort of is my the thought flu. there. I'm not saying. So you shouldn't quarantine for the flu or for the COVID. But even if there is a quarantine, I'm trying to think about these jurisdictions and who has the authority. And now everybody, by default, the government's in charge. I don't care what it is. Government's in charge of everything. That's how it's become the well, total state. Like, They're controlling everything. But like feeding the poor, right? The church is supposed to be involved with that, but the government's doing it. But I love old movies. I'm a sucker for old black and white movies. And a lot of those old black and white movies from years ago, first of all, they're from years ago, but they also would oftentimes have storylines that were rooted in things even further back years ago. Like they would, okay. you know, westerns or, or, or things about like the 1700s or, you know what I mean? Like they were period pieces and things like that. And it wasn't that there were, you know, people were sick. That was maybe one of the big uh, crisis moments in the movie. Scarlet fever. And there was a quarantine. But the government in a lot of these movies, if, they were, if they're accurate representations of what reality was like in the world, I don't know. But in these movies anyway, the government wasn't mandating the quarantine. The pastor was. It was. And it was like a, almost like a social compact. Like the doctor would say, oh, my gosh, David, you have this horribly contagious disease. You need to be in quarantine. And David would say, okay. And his family would say, okay. And the pastor would say, like everybody, it was just a social compact. Well, I don't know who had so authority the, or jurisdiction so there, somebody, but it wasn't like a top-down mandate from the government. Somebody, if we have any liberal listeners, one of them might now pipe up and say, well, you're making my point for me. Clearly, we should listen to the experts on the topic. The doctor was the expert. He diagnosed him. Therefore, we should all lock down. The expert has spoken. End of discussion. End of debate. That's kind well, of what they what they talk yeah, about. Yeah, except now the the, the, the so-called experts have proven they lack any sort of expertise across the board these days. Everything's off the rails. Everybody's hair's on fire. So what's also interesting with the example of leprosy, with the example of the olden back days, as you're right. talking about. And it might not even been the doctor, right? If, if, if there's a disease, scarlet fever running through, and the family knows the signs, the family can make that determination. Like, oh my gosh, David's right. got the family. So it didn't have to be the expert necessarily. So, but anyway. So, so in all these examples, it's very, uh, uh, it, it's, there's a, there's a personal examination, right? There, it's very individual. Uh, it's very, uh, um, <clears throat> localized, right? The the jurisdiction, the authority is all very localized and is not, you know, nationalized or globalized. Right? Yeah, yeah. You go, you go to your, <laughs> you go to your local priest, right? And your local priest makes a determination. So, so and the question is, we do live in a much more globalized society now, though. I mean, you can get on a plane tonight and be in Beijing tomorrow. Okay. And if I affect anybody there, then right, then then the local right decides what to do locally, mm -hmm. right? And so wherever, you know, and so sure, a local could say, a local jurisdiction could say, it seems like. I, I, so here's a good question: Can you do? Can can the civil authorities do a lock out? If they can't do a lockdown, keep everybody out. Say if you mm -hmm. have symptoms, you can't come in. Right. Uh, that that sounds much more reasonable, which is what happened a lot of times. You couldn't travel between company countries. Right. Now, does that affect your livelihood? It did for many people. <laughs> uh, but there are other examples now that I'm thinking about it in scripture of people that are sick and they're in society. Right. Hezekiah was sick, and and the Isaiah went over and talked to him, and clearly other people were around him. Like he wasn't put out. Right. But Nebuchadnezzar got this disease and he was put out 
Well, yeah. I think different, that different diseases. I think that the right. declaration. Not, not, you wouldn't say, want the same disease, but I'm saying there are various other diseases mentioned, not just leprosy in the Bible. Right. Yeah. And the way they deal with them sometimes is by expelling, and sometimes is by just treating the sickness. Right. So maybe it does have to do. But then the question is, how deadly does it have to be? What's the line? Because some people do die of the flu. Forget COVID. People do die of the flu. But most people would not consider the flu to be all that dangerous of a disease. Right. And nobody starts uh, screaming and weeping that, oh, uh, the horror that I got the flu. They're like, oh, that's annoying. You know, but they're not, right. they're, they're not horrified that they might die generally. Yeah, I, I, I think. And at the beginning of COVID, well, that was what we were thinking because there was, there was stories of a 25% death rate in China. And that's what the news was saying. So for the first few weeks, it did seem like everybody was going to die of COVID, and it seemed like it was the leprosy. And I think a lot of times, and, and this is what you said, Troy, on the, on the station before, you said that uh, some of the churches that did initially follow those mandates and lockdowns and stuff did so out of great, clear conscience and wanting to help other people. And as soon as a few weeks later, it was becoming abundantly clear that that was not the case, that this was such a dangerous a disease worthy of all these mandates that they, they reverse their positions on it. You don't have any problem with that kind of a church, but you're, you're, you're uh, preaching against the churches that... Yeah, those that were paying everything. very close attention weren't fooled and, and immediately recognized we were being lied to. But not everybody, was, not everybody is able to pay as close of attention to every little thing that's going on in the world. And so you're just seeing what you know, David Muir has to say on the you know, 6.30 news on ABC, and if he tells you everybody's going to die, well, it must be true until you have time to check it out. And then some pastors checked it out, and after a number of weeks or a month, maybe two months max, they realized, okay, this is not checking out. It's, they're lying to us, or they're, or at least they're mistaken. Then there was those, of course, who just refused to acknowledge reality, and they stayed locked down or shut down or whatever for a couple of years even in some cases, I think. It's crazy. But it seems like this declaration, they're saying that this is not the civil government's jurisdiction. Uh, Daniel is not agreeing with that at all. David and I have been trying to say, well, maybe what they're saying, it's the ecclesiastical uh, thing, which is kind and of I'm what they're very saying. very sympathetic to that. However, to that then argument. here comes number 21. They got a king and an ace here. It says, we affirm that individuals are free to restrict their own movement about society to this end, should they deem it wise to do so. They may not lawfully demand that civil government employ force on their behalf to restrict the liberty of others. So now it seems like they've almost pivoted from it's a, an ecclesiastical matter to an individual self-governance matter. So I, I, going back to the leprosy thing, this is like a, uh, this is like, it was in the Constitution, right? Like, if you will, right? Right. How, how we handle this kind of disease is this way. Everybody knows up front, okay, mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. Right. Right. So I, I, I think that does – maybe that has some relevance here, right, is what is the understanding, you know, what the, – the civil government maybe, – maybe we should say the civil government doesn't have, you know, an, an authority in something like a, demo, you know, a democratic republic unless they're given that authority by the people, right? So it, some of this does does have to do with maybe the type of government that's in place. Yeah, and not to make this a political thing, but that was part of the challenge that people who are constitutionalists had is if the government in general would be allowed to do this, assuming that that was assigned to them based on what you just said, right. the Constitution as it stands now 
a fair reading of it anyway, doesn't seem to give the government the kinds of authority that they took it upon themselves to to, to demonstrate uh, back in 2020 and 2021. Um, it's 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 unconstitutional is a common refrain I was hearing from my friends, right? This is unconstitutional. First of all, was, I, w- I was one of the ones warning people, you know what's coming? This is what's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is what's coming. They're like, oh, no, they'll never do that. It's unconstitutional. <laughs> and then they did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, see, they did it. No, but, well, they can't continue to do it. It's unconstitutional. They couldn't have done it to begin with so, because it's unconstitutional. So you think they're going to stop doing it because it's unconstitutional? Like, listen to yourself. And we live so, in a post-Christian, so you, post-modern, post-constitutional America. And, right now. and so as, what do you do and with, as soon as the first bureaucracy was established, as soon as Congress first delegated something. Right, yeah. That, that was unconstitutional. Now we're so a nation. We, we've been unconstitutional since We then. are a nation of middle managers. That's what yeah. we've become. We are a nation of middle managers. Middle management is running the show. So, so how do you deal with the passage where God tells the Israelites, "Oh, you want a king? Okay, let me tell you what the king's going to do. He's going to do this, and he's going to he's going to take your sons and your daughters to be servants in his castle, and he's going to uh, force you to fight in his armies, and he's going to tax you, uh, uh, you know, to no end." And he's going to do all those things. And the people's like, oh, yeah, give us a king anyway, right? Which is really <laughs> stupid. But the point is, God was telling them, like, this is what a king does. And he's almost, and then he, and then God ordains a king, right? So God said, this is what kings do. And then he creates and appoints a king. Yeah, so it's almost like God he's saying, saying, you're, you're going to end up with a, a fleshly king who's going to do unrighteous this things. Is, this, is, this is what sinful, a sinful man. Yeah, this is what a sinful king man who's made king do. is going to do. That's what I think the, con- that's okay. how I would read that, but. Because God doesn't punish Saul for doing any of those things that, in the long list, like taking servants and raising armies and raising taxes. He's he a, punishes Saul he is for specifically dis- disobeying God. But he punishes Saul for specifically <laughs> disobeying his disobeying his commands and sinning, but not in the way that he governs overall. Yeah. So again, I, I think just because God doesn't act immediately in addressing somebody's sin doesn't mean that they're getting a pass. You know, right. so is, he is part of what you're saying. He's a long suffering God. Uh, that in some ways we have gotten what we've asked for as a country because we've maybe maybe i i just you get the government to, you deserve that kind of i was just trying to push back on the on the idea that the civil government is extremely limited because of scripture I, i'm i'm wondering if maybe they they do sometimes have more authority just because they are in charge uh and that's how god set it up but um i don't necessarily hold to that opinion i was just kind of bringing it up as a counterpoint yeah i mean i I, I think there's a point in there definitely that all I think your all, phone died. All all authorities are oh. going to all authorities are going to seek to overstep their authority. <laughs> Somehow my phone oh. died. I, I think I made the mistake of not connecting to the Wi Fi here and it uses more energy. So if you uh if you're listening to this and you're mad that you were listening to this via the video portion and it cut out at this part, this is now bonus coverage on the audio. Sometimes they get bonus coverage on the video, but now this is, POTUS, this is content you'll only hear on the audio. See, it works both ways. So who has the jurisdiction, the audio audience or the video audience? I don't, I don't know. All right, I, I guess their the right. jurisdiction is either to turn it off or keep it on. All right, so we're up to uh, Dosake's II, number 22. We deny that such violations of medical freedom by the civil government or the subsequent mandating of vaccines and masks are rightly justified based on the claim that unmasked or unvaccinated persons present a general danger to the health of the public due to viral spread. I agree. And and going back to Leviticus, there's a clear example of people that are symptomatic, 
but you, there's no example of, oh, just in general, everybody needs to do X, Y, and Z um, and stay away from each other so that we don't communicate this disease. That's, there, there's no precedent in the Bible for that. Yeah, I don't know. This is dangerous territory because, I mean, I'm so tempted to talk about the, the merits of these uh, so-called vaccines. But it doesn't matter. And, and the masks. But that, it doesn't matter. It, masks and, and vaccines, they could all be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt with nobody disagreeing. Every single expert completely agreeing, even the conservative ones completely agreeing. These are 100% effective. So the government does not have the authority to do it. The Bible is very clear on that. And I think that's the point they're making. And I think it's important that they didn't include talks about the efficacy of such masks or vaccines. So I'm trying to they understand said, the consistency of the argument. So the, if I'm understanding correctly, the government would be able to say, David, you must stay in your house. But the government doesn't say, unless you put on a mask. No, you can, put, you can make David stay in his house if it can be shown that he's been exposed to a specific deadly disease for a time. Say, seven days, say Ebola, for instance. Seven days, for example, which is what's given in, in Scripture. And if he does not show symptoms, he's free to interact in society after that. But having shown symptoms, now he must put on a mask. That's also... Assuming they work, and, is what you're saying. If, if he comes near another and, person, and, right? And or stay outside the camp. What about yes, well yes that that's the, that was the reason the it said, here, it right? said, but it said put the covering on your upper lip and cry unclean if somebody comes near you right so that's the whole point is so that you don't spread your bodily fluids that are right. germified into other people but what about pinwheels if, if he has a Ebola virus infection could the government make him wear pinwheels on his head so that everybody knows I have an Ebola <laughs> infection I think I think the covering on the upper lip is what is the only thing that you, that you can you can say is mandated. <laughs> All right, number 23 I'll do here. This is probably the last one for today. Uh, we affirm that it is the Christian duty of each family to seek the well-being of their neighbor and that this includes adopting reasonable practices for the symptomatically ill to refrain from knowingly exposing their neighbors, especially in a crowded or public context. Each Christian should seek to live at peace with all men in a manner that displays the love of Christ in obedience to the law of God. I don't really love this one, but I'll let you guys go first. I think I think it's actually I I, I agree with it. it makes sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I think that last line leaves a lot of room for wacky interpretations. <clears throat> well, so they before before they got here they said okay, the the civil the civil authorities don't have jurisdiction here, right? Mm -hmm. So they they established that first, mm -hmm. and then they say now it is a matter of essentially it's a, it's a matter of. Of discernment and and conscience in the family yeah but there's there's the, right. the thing I don't like about this is they make it specific to the Christian family and I'm willing to bet that three percent of the American population is Christian so the other 97 percent <laughs> have no jurisdiction over them of how to handle this that's I, I like what's what's the enforcement mechanism here no, no, well so they, they just they, just they remove the that, word Christian it's the duty of each family I but mean, they put the word Christian here well more than once I, I I think I think the idea there well yeah that's true I, you know, I, I think part of it is, okay. It's the Christian duty. Only the Christians are going to be following this document in the first place. It's written to Christians. <laughs> yeah, but this is about the application. This is how to take all these principles that we think are biblical and how to make it work in the real world. How does this apply when the rubber meets the how road? How does it apply? No, I, only, I don't know. I think it's, it's how does it apply to Christians? Because it's written to Christians saying, which things do you obey and not obey? And they're saying, well, you right. are a Christian. You can do this. 
and you don't have to do this and you can choose to do this and then you must do this. So if you're a Christian in government and you agree with them, you're going to say, okay, I, as the governor of the state of Maryland, don't have the authority to mandate lockdowns or mandate masks or whatever. It's incumbent upon all the Christian families to do that on their own when you know in the state of Maryland, heck, it's probably 3% nationwide that are Christian. It's probably 1% over, I think you're in Maryland over, that's Christian. No, I think you're overthinking no, no, it. No, I mean, it would be, what, what they are saying is if you are a Christian in a place of civil authority that you say, okay, this is this is up to families to figure out. Yeah, I think, because I, I think that God's law, um, certainly Christians should abide by it. But it's not merely the – so I think I got rid of the word Christian. I think I would like this, right? We affirm that it is the duty of each family to seek the well-being of their neighbor. Just because you're not Christian, you don't get a get-out-of-jail-free card that would be mean to yeah. your neighbor. Uh, yeah, I think you're overthinking it because this this was clearly written anyway, to the Christians. We, oh, we're, we're, we're way out of time. i got to wrap up. This is the Faith Debate. Daniel, David, I'm Troy. Find us online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Till next week, 167 hours from right now. God bless. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.